Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kuzmeski. Today I'm interviewing Robbie Kelman Baxter. She is an amazing business person. She is the author of The Membership Economy. Find your super users, master the forever transaction, and build recurring revenue. This book was named a top five marketing book of the year by Inc.com. She's coined a popular business term called the membership economy. And I know we are going to learn some amazing things from her, the things that she's done in her past and things that she's planning to do in the future. So welcome, Robbie. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Mary Beth. So tell us a little bit about what this membership economy is and uh, how you got to that point, what that really means. So the membership economy is the phrase I use to describe this massive transformation that I'm seeing among organizations of pretty much all sizes and new and old and public and private. And it's about a refocusing on how they relate to the people they serve. It's about a focus on long-term formal relationships with customers or members. And it's characterized by, by four big trends. Um, a move from ownership to access, from transactional to relationships, from a single big payment to subscription pricing on an ongoing basis, and from the organization kind of using a loudspeaker to get their message out to an anonymous audience, going to two-way conversation, and even multi-directional discussions under the umbrella of the organization. So kind of an open dialogue. And when you put those things together, you have all of these new ways to build deeper, more loyal relationships with customers. And that's pretty much it. Got it. Well, it's pretty clear and it makes so much sense. Now, I know that you work with entrepreneurs on their business strategy. How do you incorporate that? Because I'm imagining that it's a big part of what they're doing to bring in new business and to develop their own business strategy. Yeah. So so every entrepreneur wants, you know, they're, they're all focused on new customers. You know, how do we bring people in? How do we get the word out? How do we acquire new customers? And what they sometimes are less focused on is what do we do once we get them? How do we build a relationship with them so that they don't go elsewhere, Um, so that they take off their consumer hat, put on their member hat, and stop looking for alternatives? And that's really what I'm trying to help entrepreneurs do. And the vast majority of businesses can benefit from that kind of a lens on their business. Got it. Now, and it makes, I mean, it makes so much sense to be able to to look at that as a, it's, it's retention in future business as opposed to getting that client for the very first time. And I think you're right. I think we, we forget about that. Sometimes we get a client in, we're like, great, let's get another one. And then we just forget what's, what's happening. But can you give us a little bit of history on your background? I know you went to Harvard and Stanford graduate school and you've done all these amazing things, but when you have gotten out of your the education zone, talk a little bit about your career and how it moved along to from where you were to what you're doing right now. Yeah. Well, so I, I think like, like a lot of women, I was, I was a good student and I liked to be told, you know, this is what you're supposed to do and just work really hard and then good things will come to you. And that was kind of my whole life up through, you know, through business school. And then I worked in, you know, I worked at, I'd worked at Booz Allen and I had worked at, you know, on an urban fellowship. And those were both 
kinds of jobs that were very safe and very almost like more years of schooling. And then when I left business school, there wasn't an obvious path. And that was kind of hard personally for me because I was like, well, what am I supposed to do now? And, you know, what do I, what hoops do I need to jump through to get to the next level? And suddenly there was this kind of wide, wide open, you know, path, you know, no real paths in front of these kind of wide open planes and hard for me to figure out where to go. So I did some, I worked in product marketing for about five years for a couple of different companies. And um, during that time, I also had my, my first child and then that kind of changed how I felt about work. And then I had a second child. I got laid off while I was on maternity leave, which is legal, but feels terrible. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm, I don't think I can be dependent on a company anymore, at least not right now. Like I care about my career. I want to do great work. And I see how my bosses and colleagues look at me differently as a, as a mother of young children. Um, I had one colleague say to me that, you know, he would never call me late, like on a Sunday night to, to brainstorm because he would never want to bother me when I was with my family, but he was calling other product managers, men. Mm -hmm. And I sort of realized like that makes it really hard for me to be an A player, to be a central key person in an organization. And, and I know in hindsight that there's many organizations where that's not the case, but it was a little dicier. It was just a little harder. And I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work for myself for a period of time. And that way I can control my career. And if I do good work, people hopefully will pay me and refer me and bring me more business. And so I started consulting and I sort of, I wanted to have a specialty. Um, if you're a consultant, and I, I, you know, I'm sure that there are some people out there that are that are listening who are thinking about independent consulting, and th if they're not already doing it, and the most important thing is, if you really want to make a career as an independent consultant, you really have to have an area of expertise and an area of focus that you know more than ev everyone else. Otherwise, you're just going to be a contractor, um, which is you know extra arms and legs for a company. It's a whole different thing. And so I was looking for something to be an expert on that I was really passionate about and that I thought kind of had legs and room to grow. And around the time that I, you know, I was looking and looking and about two years into consulting, I worked with Netflix and I just fell in love with their business model. And then what happened is people started, you know, as I fell in love with the model, everybody else was in love with Netflix and they were saying, you know, Hey, we're looking for someone who can help us become the Netflix of you know, fill in the blank, news, music, software, bicycle parts, mm -hmm. dental pain management equipment, cars, you know, everything. anything, and yeah. everything. And, and I found it really interesting because it kind of tied together my business background with a lot of psychology. And also, if you want to do this kind of business model, well, you really have to have a have an authentic trusted relationship with your customers because they keep coming back and they know where to find you because you're subscribing. So if you don't treat them well, your business fails. So I really liked being part of a business where a key business necessity was integrity. And so I, I just stuck with it. And I, you know, I was lucky because this model was taking off as I was going deeper and deeper into that model. And so that's, that's pretty much it. And then, you know, about seven, eight years into really focusing on uh, membership and subscription 
business models, I, I wrote my book and, you know, that was another part of the journey that was really wonderful. And it's kind of opened up other doors for me. So, you know, here I am. And now I'm kind of a consultant author speaker. So, you know, interesting path. <laughs> yeah, super interesting path. And I would agree with you on the specialization. So my firm is Red Zone Marketing, and we do work in the financial industry. And it's all we've done for the past 20 years is work in the financial yeah. industry. And you know, you think you're pigeonholing a little bit, but it's the specialty that I have. And if no one needs that specialty anymore, maybe I'll go find another one. But it seemed to have, it's, it's worked pretty good so far. So it's the same thing yeah. <laughs> like you're talking about with subscriptions. We're doing marketing for financial advisors and mutual fund companies, banks. And it just, there's a, they want to know that you've got some expertise in their area. You might be smart in lots of areas, but they want to know, hey, have you ever helped somebody like us? Yes. Yes, we have. So yeah. I, I completely, completely agree with that. So a question, when you're working with some of these firms, based on your past experience with, you know, you're working in a company, you're a product manager, you are, you feel like you can't be an A player because you're not able to give the time, you have a family. Um, have you helped organizations deal with that differently so that women can rise up in organizations because it's not a required thing that you should be brainstorming on a Sunday night or whatever. I mean, it's so hard because in business, you want to do everything you possibly can you know, to advance yourself and advance your career. But when you have a family, there's different priorities that, that come into play. So tell me a little bit about maybe have you helped organizations sort of see this a little bit? No, you know, no, because my, my professional specialty is membership models, right? Subscription pricing, digital community, you know, forever transaction, all of that stuff. And that's really, that's my day job. That's, you know, what I do. The The thing about how to create better opportunities for women, you know, the place where I've focused is on, you know, I'm very involved in Stanford Women on Boards. And I do a lot of coaching of women who are getting started in consulting and even now I'm helping, I have, I have a daughter in college and a daughter in, you know, it's a senior in high school and a, and a son in high school. So I know a lot of young, young adults and, and helping them think about what they want in their career and how to, how to be prepared for my, what might come up. Um, so I'm really more on that side um, in terms of what I've been doing with women is on the, uh, I guess you would say on the supply side. Yes, yes. <laughs> As opposed to the sticking the with the expertise. You know, yeah. 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 But it is, I mean, the advice that I have is, you know, it's funny when I, when I was in business school, somebody that I had worked with prior to business school had told me, you know, oh, you should come back to big consulting because you have a reputation there and it's a big organization and they actually have processes for women, for people going on maternity leave. They have the resources to manage kind of ebb and flow of your career. But I really wanted to work in startups and, you know, it's hard in a startup because startups don't really have the resources to invest in kind of long-term relationships with their employees. They're very much about what can you do for me right now? So, you know, like it, it, that has implications. Like, you know, maybe you don't want to go work for a startup. Maybe you want to work at a bigger company or maybe you want to be an independent consultant, which gives you, you know, greater flexibility. One of, one of the things when I started consulting that I realized was as long as I get the work done in the time that we agreed to, the client's going to be happy. And I don't have to tell them if I did it, you know, Saturday afternoon or, you know, Thursday between 9 and 11 p.m. because that was after the kids were asleep. All they needed to know was, you know, the product's done on time. 
And that's really different than when you're expected to be at work from, you know, eight to six or whatever. And people want to know why were you late today or why were you out today? Or, you know, even though lots of places are moving to this flexible model and, you know, Netflix kind of led the way with not having sick days, you know, with the, with the policy of, you know, if you need a day off, take the day off. And um, if you need vacation, take vacation, but get your work done, which I think is so much more sensible than saying, you know, these are your work hours and these are your vacation days and these are your, you know, how many sick days you get. Right. It was a model developed for totally different circumstances than we kind of have yeah. today. So people yeah, can work from anywhere today. Kind of, yeah. Right. People can work from, and most of us do knowledge work, right? We don't do physical work. I mean, you can't phone it in if you're a doctor. You can't say, you know, I'm actually going to perform the surgery. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, my child's sick today, so I'll just do double surgery later. You know, the, the body's there. You got, you know, right. or if you're a receptionist or if you're, you know, doing something physical, you can't, you know, with other people, it's hard to do it if the people aren't all gathered. But for the vast majority of jobs, it's really almost all project work. And you just need to be able to collaborate with your colleagues and get the project done on time. And, you know, you don't really need to be physically somewhere. Right. It's true. It's very true. So if um, if I'm a solo entrepreneur, if I'm a entrepreneur, venture-backed startup, um, someone that you work with, how can people find you? How can they communicate with you, find out more? They can go to my, my website, which is um, peninsulastrategies.com. They can find me. I'm very easy to find. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm uh, Robbie Baxter on Robbie Bax on Twitter. Membership economy, Robbie Baxter, Peninsula Strategies, all are going to lead lead to the to the same place. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your insights and for your passion. And I really think that the advice you've given for consultants is really really smart. So thank you for being a part of the Female Insight Zone today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.